illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simon on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards and Airbnb, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. Beach, how you doing? Dude, I have been dynamic thermal lipid emerging, emerging things all all season this year. I know. Yeah, it's, I've, I've been deep frying more than I've ever deep fried in the past. That's for darn sure. And I wasn't behind the grill this week. No, he freaking bailed on people. Well, I was there, but Gibby was doing such a good job, he decided to keep going, so I just let him go. So what you're saying is you really don't do anything for the tail. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, I don't do anything. <laughs> So. I'm just like that superfluous third nipple. I look, uh, I look kind of fun, but really I don't do anything. Uh, you're definitely a, you're definitely a, you're definitely a bitch kid. That's for sure. Anyway, the, Billy, what is our purpose? The purpose of illegal participation is for us to talk Beaver sports, tailgate, and anything else we find interesting and stupid every week. If you want to listen to us, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts for now, although I believe it's going away. Spotify, iHeartRadio, and most other podcatchers. If you want to get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on X, and HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Beej. Google Podcast is going away? I think so. I think I heard it was going away. Well, that's what I listen. I only listen to one podcast, and it's what I listen to, so I'll have to figure out something else to go to. Yeah, I, I, think, I think there's some other, uh, some other um, ones you can use. To pick up Spotify or something, huh? Yeah, or iHeartRadio. You can listen to iHeartRadio. Okay. That's good. Free. All right, Beach, we've got some listener email today. Ooh, uh, multiple, plural, or single? Well, we've got Kyle's. I hate you, Kyle. Kyle's comes in every week, but we've got another one this week. Oh, okay. Well, what's the other one? This one is from listener Dano. Oh, Dano. Dano says, gentlemen. I was traveling on Friday night and didn't get a chance to watch any of the game between flights on my way back home from vacation. Even though conference play started last week against Wazoo, last Friday's game against Utah signaled the start of the, quote, last games against XYZ team for the year. After landing in Austin and seeing the final score, I thought to myself, it's the end of the conference as we know it, and I feel fine. I see what he did there. So then he added this, the 1987 apocalypse-tinged tune, it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine, is a rapid-firing, quick-flying, slapdash stream of conscious about, you guessed it, the end of the world. The song is a flurry of words, probably about as chaotic as any rapture will be, 
It mentions of earthquakes, hurricanes, and continental drifts are sung alongside images of birthday parties, cheesecake, and jelly beans in a paradox of sounds. Now, frontman Michael Stipe told Q Magazine in a 1992 interview, the words come from everywhere. I'm extremely aware of everything around me, whether I'm in a sleeping state, awake, dream state, or just in day-to-day life. Now, the song came from the dream state. The singer continued, quote, there's a part in the end of the world as we know it that came from a dream where I was at Lester Bangs' birthday party and I was the only person there whose initials weren't LB. So there was Lenny Bruce, Leonard Brezhnev, Leonard Bernstein. So that ended up being the song with a lot of other stuff I've seen when I was flipping TV channels. The song moves the same way a, a dream would, shotgun quick and abstractly nonlinear. The stream of consciousness style blasts off with the beginning drum roll and doesn't slow down for anything as the tune progresses. Dan Oak says, that's great. It starts with an earthquake, birds and stakes, an airplane, and Lenny Bruce is not afraid. Now, the lead singer claims to have had a lot of dreams about the world's end, natural disasters, buildings crumbling, the whole shebang, harrowing lyrics, detailing the end of the time pair oddly with the energetic barreling instrumentation. So Daniel continues, I love songs like these that are in a major key and have a poppy, upbeat rhythm, but paradoxically grim lyrics. See, I Used to Love Her by GNR or Last Caress by The Misfits. This song feels appropriate at this moment of the season, and I would be honored if it could be this week's musical interlude. I'm flying out for the last home game of the season against the puppies in November and looking forward to seeing y'all pregame. Dano. Nice. Yeah. So, I, I'm, actually, I'm actually just reading the lyrics now uh, as we're chatting here. Because mm-hmm. it is so shotgun fast, I've never really paid attention to the lyrics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminds me uh, well, uh, what Garden of Eden by uh, Guns N' Roses. And, and I did edit a little bit of Dano's, Dano's um, uh, email out, but it said, when, the, when performed live early on, the meaning of the song never quite permeated deep with audiences. The song's high energy and fast pace made crowds want to party and let go. To the band, the subject matter was meant to be more sobering. To their fans, it was a dance-worthy tune. With, with such a catchy chorus, who can blame them? Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, uh, so on a, on a side note, Beach, we've had a lot of people asking if this is our last year tailgating. Uh-huh. And I will just say, we're not sure. We don't know. Um, but when we went into this season, when we were talking about what our musical, we've been saying that all our songs that we picked for our musical interludes this year were just going to be whatever we liked. But really, all of the songs were about kind of the end of things. Yeah. If you've noticed all the lyrics coming up. Um, this is actually one on our list. But this was before the Pac-12 kind of fell apart. So mm-hmm. that kind of happened after we decided on this. I will say we don't know about 2024. I would tell people, and I keep telling people this at the tailgaters, just enjoy 2023. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a heck of a ride. Enjoy where we're at. Worry about 2024 when 2024 rolls around. But things are changing for us how quickly that changes we'll see but just enjoy it enjoy enjoy the ride enjoy the tailgaters i'm dad i'm glad dano's coming out to the last tailgater 2023 Ooh, cheesesteak day cheesesteak day that's right against washington state so but anyways so i'm just gonna say yes dano we are gonna play your song for you and we're gonna do the musical interlude right now so here is Real, real quick question, Billy. Isn't I, and a totally side note? Isn't REM the one that sings a song about Great Crush too? Yeah, Orange Crush. Yeah, Orange Crush. Okay, yeah. I just, I was just curious. Yep. Okay. Yep. So here is REM with "It's the End of the World as We Know It," and I feel fine. That's great. It starts with an earthquake, birds and snakes, an airplane. Is not afraid. I have a hurricane. Listen to yourself. Turn world turns its own needs. Dummy, serve your 
Listen to the word. The words, it's kind of heavy, but if you just well, listen to the music. It's fun. Well, and and now knowing that he had the the dream where it says the uh, uh, Leonard Bernstein, Leonard Bresnev, Bruce. I I can't even sing it. Bruce, yeah, yeah. Uh, through that, it's it's weird to read it because I'm so used to it's just so shotgun on it. Yeah. Um, and that that's what I was reading here. It says, "Watch your heel crush, crush." Uh oh. And I was thinking, doesn't they sing this other song about Orange Crush or Grape Crush or whatever that one was? Yeah. So I've never been an REM fan, but this is a good song. I like a few REM songs. Obviously, I'm not down with Michael Stipe's politics, mm-hmm. um, but I do like some of their songs. Well, and then they had that other deep one where the I just remember watching the video on MTV all the time where they're all parked on the freeway and he's just walking on the freeway singing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, and they also had the song about uh, the man in the moon, about mm. uh, Andy Kaufman and shiny happy people. Yeah, I, you know, I forgot about that. Yeah, the the man in the moon is a good. You know, again, going back now, thinking it never been huge, but there are a few songs. You know, it's it, it's weird to think how old some of these songs are now. That these songs are thirty plus years old. That that's the crazy thing. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, mom and dad just. Um, uh, came over tonight we did a, a movie in the barn and we watched uh they'd never seen black hawk down oh really and, yeah and so put it on and i don't know when that movie was done i think it was done in the late 90s wasn't it um i will look it up but but it's it's set for 19- 2000 2001 2001 okay but it's set for 1993 uh is when that happened and i would have been 18 you know, mm-hmm. when that was, was set and, but in the movie, there's Ewan McGregor in there and uh, Orlando Bloom mm-hmm. makes an appearance and you're like going, holy crap, these guys look like they're freaking 20 years old. Cause they were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> freaking nuts. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. It's crazy how time flies. Yep. How long we've been doing this freaking tailgater now or yeah. podcast. Yeah. Well, tailgaters at 30 some odd years. Long dang time. Um, how long have we had the big ass tent? Uh, we got the big ass tent in 2016. Wow. Because that was delivered when you or I were up in Seattle for the Guns N' Roses concert. Mm-hmm. God dang, it's hard to believe it's Guns N' Roses was that long ago. Uh-huh. That's seven years ago. Yeah. Well, someone was asking me about the trailer because I needed to, I went and bought new locks for the trailer. And Jess was asking me, well, how long have you had those locks? And I go, since we bought it. And she goes, well, when'd you buy it? And I go, 2005. She was like, seriously? And I go, yeah, we bought it in 2005. Wow. So, anyways. It's been a good trailer. Yeah. All right, Beach, uh, let's head off into some Beaver sports news. Are you ready? 
Uh, I am as ready as I'll ever be, Billy. Okay, we'll start with some women's volleyball. Mental image? Okay, I'm ready. The Oregon State volleyball team dropped a three-set affair to seventh-ranked Washington State Thursday night inside Gill Coliseum. I, I, I'm just, I, it feels like last year all over again. Well, Beach, on Sunday at Gill, the Beavs took on Washington, but mm-hmm. f- but fell in a four-set game. But fell. Yep. Now, during the first set of the match, Michael Vernon recorded her 800th career kill. She's a killer. Yep. The Beavs will be heading back on the road to meet Utah on Friday, October 6th in Salt Lake. First serve is set for 6 p.m. and can be seen on the Pac-12 networks. All right, so we can watch them lose again. Well, how about we talk some women's soccer? Okay, hopefully that's better. You know, I haven't seen them practicing at all when we go out. Well, I guess we were at uh, a Friday game last week. So. Yeah, they were practicing on Thursday when Beach and I – or actually they were playing on Thursday when Greg and I were setting up the tent. Really? Yeah, they were battling Utah at Lorenz Field. Ooh, and how did we do there? 2-2 draw. Freaking tie. Carly – the shittiest game I've ever heard in my life. Carly Carrera and McKenna Martinez both found the net for the Beavs. Martinez's goal moves her into a tie for fifth in program history with 26 in her career. The forward also tallied an assist in the contest to bring her career total to 60 points. And then Beach, the Beavs took on Colorado at Paul Lorenz Field on Sunday. And? They fell 2-1. to one. They fell two to one. Yep. Gwen Jacobs found the net for the Beavs, heading in the game's opening goal. The tally was Jacobs' first of the season and came off an assist from Mia Erba. With the defeat, the Beavs moved to three, four, and four on the season. But the Beavs will return to action on Thursday when they hit the road to take on UCLA. <clears throat> okay, Beavs. Well, how about some men's soccer? Some some better news. Yes. What do we got? Well, Beach, the Oregon State men's t- uh, soccer team went to Seattle on Sunday to take on number 22-ranked Washington. And? Or is there a but? Well, Beach, they're in their second victory over a ranked opponent this season as the Beavers took down the 22-ranked Huskies 2 to nothing. Now, with... So we celebrate the men and we shame the women? Well... We're not going to shame anybody. With the win, though, Beach, Oregon State moved to 5-3-1 on the season, and they improved to 2-0-1 in Pac-12 play as the Beavers take sole possession of first place in the conference with seven points. OSU also extended its road-winning streak against Washington to the team's last four meetings in the Seattle. The Beavers will return home on Thursday to take on UCLA. Hmm. And finally, Beach, how about some – what were you going to say? Oh, nothing. I got nothing to add. I was going to add some cross-country news. Ooh, running for fun. Oregon State displayed talent and promise at the Charles Bowles Invitational with five top 25 play- finishes on Saturday. Grad transfer Delaney Griffin led the charge in 10th, followed by three underclassmen among those competing for the Bees. Nomi Lundgren at 16th, Tegan Knox at 19th, Aaron Cosgrove at 22nd. Now Katie Kopech who finished 15th, raced unattached and recorded the fourth best finish of the day among beefs. Mm-hmm. So you can only have so many on your entered on your team, but you can enter like people that aren't attached to any team. Like just random strange. Kind of. Now up next, the beefs head to Madison for their biggest regular season meet of the year, the Nutty Comb Invitational. So up the to Nutty Comb. Beach, I hear that. You do. Hold on, hold on. It's a long one. Hold on. Ooh, Billy, that was a good tear. This just in: two University of Oregon sports teams suing school over alleged gender inequality. I always knew those fuckers were sexist, misogynistic pigs. Two University of Oregon sports teams are suing school over allegedly alleged gender inequality. When you think of U of O sports, you think of top-notch facilities like Matthew Knight Arena and the Hatfield-Dolan Complex for football. But the beach volleyball teams plays its home matches 
on courts at Amazon Park, by far the least expensive facility for any U of O sport. The only nearby seating is a bench that's falling apart and has nails sticking out. The only nearby bathroom doesn't have doors on the bathroom stalls. Well, apparently nobody's going to the matches if the, if the team and not the fans are complaining. I mean, do their parents even show up to bring their lawn chairs? Do they even charge to go to a beach volleyball match? Does somebody pay to sit on the tetanus causing benches? I mean, season tickets at Austin, I'm guessing, cost 100 bucks a game, and it sells out 54,000 seats. I mean, I wouldn't pay a buck 50 to sit on that bench. I saw the photos. <laughs> the, the disparity is one of four reasons why the team and the women's rowing club are suing the school, as their attorney says the university is refusing to comply with Title IX standards. I bet that if they took the money they spent on the attorney, they could afford several nicer benches and possibly charge to watch women in bikinis play volleyball. But anyway, these wouldn't, the women wouldn't be able to bitch, and which is apparently all they learned in college since free market economics does not appear to be their strong point. So Title IX says that athletes need to have proportionate opportunity to participate based on school population. Uh, yet, according to U.S. Department of Education data, the U of O is 55% female, and the men have 94 more athletic scholarships. Well, when beach volleyball sells out 54,000-seat arenas, I'm sure they'll get a shit ton, too. But that's where the team's attorney, Arthur Bryant, requests that they add the rowing club as a varsity sport to even up the numbers. Oregon also falls short of giving out equal financial aid with an $800,000 gap between men and women. Again, show me a sport where 55% female student body shows up to watch. That isn't a men's sport. Finally, Bryant said he asked the university to do a gender equity review, but the school declined, saying that they are already up to Title IX standards. Bryant has been overseeing Title IX cases since 1992, but he calls this case of inequality unusual and extreme. Uh, this guy sounds like a shyster lawyer who does this for a living. You think these female athletes would have hired a woman lawyer, you know, for equality's sake? Just saying. They do. They have a co-counsel uh, named Jennifer Middleton. What? His co-counsel is Jennifer oh. Middleton. Oh, okay. So they, they put one on token. I don't know, but that's who his co-counsel is. Uh, okay. 80% of the schools he, uh, we have threatened with a lawsuit simply settle because they're in blatant violation. And why fight? It's a federal law that prohibits discrimination. Why go to court? But for some reason, the University of Oregon has chosen to make us have to go to court, says Bryant, a lawyer for Bailey and Glaser. In response, Oregon's director of legal uh, issues, Angela Seidel, said they're not aware of the lawsuit being filed. Also in her statement, she says, the university regularly reviews its compliance with Title IX with regard to equal athletic opportunities. We strive to comply with all prongs of the three-part test, and as with many universities, relies most heavily on prong three, that the institution is fully and effectively accommodating the interests and abilities of the underrepresented sex. How are they underrepresented if they make up 55% of the student body? Um, I think under, underrepresented in uh, participation numbers. Well, that's funny. They have a majority of the student body, yet they don't seem to have as many sports. That seems to be like a personal problem to me. Well, this this all goes back to football. Yeah, I know. Because well, uh, they're just looking at numbers, and football throws everything out of whack. Yeah. Well, it says they, they've, they've actually found five locations to build a new beach ball, beach volleyball facility. Uh, Brian says the case goes a lot further than just the facility, though. So even if there is progress, he'll still be trying to get things like equal treatment and financial aid for female athletes at the U of O. He didn't give a timeline for when they'll go forward with the lawsuit, but he said once it's ready, they'll file it in federal court. Hmm. I'm surprised they don't have a crew team. That's just a club team. Yeah. Just yeah, because well, they're, they're right on the river. Get them into a, a, a make them a, a uh, varsity sport. Yeah, I mean they got the they got the river that goes right by the university. Yeah, I mean same river goes right by Oregon State, and Oregon State's yeah. got crew. Yeah. See, it's I weird. think I think their beach volleyball was just a way to double dip with their <laughs> with their volleyball players. Title nine. Yeah, because yeah, you could have the same players who play regular volleyball play beach volleyball, and so it counts as two slots, even though it's the same person. Is it the same? Is it the same people on both teams? I don't know. 
But um, actually, I'm looking at pictures of their volleyball court, and it is just out at a at a park. And they're playing yeah, in well, April, so they're all wear they're not wearing swimsuits. They're wearing like full like uh, um spandex. Yeah, head to toe. Yeah. Well, and again, I mean, my my thing is, they're complaining that they want more money. But what kind of revenue does your sport bring in? It doesn't. It doesn't bring any revenue in. I mean, like I said, people bring lawn chairs if they were going to go out there. But my guess is there's not a lot of people show up for that thing, especially if they're wearing full body spandex. Well, part of the problem, though, is at U of O, the disparity between the big sports like football, men's and women's basketball. But, but in defense, I, I, I will say in defense, who does the renovations to Watson Stadium? The university or Phil Knight? Uh, the athletic department with a lot of help from Phil Knight. But but do, do, doesn't the, – the, so they, the last renovation they did – we talked about this on the podcast, uh, I don't know how many years ago, where the university leases the facility back to Phil Knight's company, to Phil Knight. He does the renovations on it and then returns it back to him with the improvements. Yeah. Because he wants to use his own contractors and everything else. Yeah. He doesn't want to have to go through the BS of the state. Correct. Nor probably – or probably it might require that the money, if he donated, had to be equally distributed among all the sports. And how is he ever going to get his semi-pro football team up and running if he can't improve the facility? Oh, well, it's true, but. So, I mean, and, and again, if, if, if you guys want better benches, find a, find, a, find a sugar daddy to pay for your damn benches. I, I do agree with you there. Because if you look at, like, a lot of the Oregon State stuff, um, you know, they've had other benefactors come in and, donate money for the golf team and set up that, that, uh, um, uh, driving range thing up in Gill Coliseum where it's, it's all computerized and it can analyze and whatever. And yeah, they've got different people that come in and, you know, uh, built the practice facility for the gymnastics team. And just because you have a sport that you want to do doesn't mean that it that it's gonna i mean if it's strictly a costing sport brings no butts into the seats brings no revenue into the university it's strictly a cost then how much do you think you deserve of, of money they're giving you the sport well how much do they think they deserve well everything yeah <laughs> unbelievable so anyways well that's a good one nice to see them wasting money down there well, I'm glad to see that their their equality, tree hugging, you know, all of their lovey dovey ways, you know, and they tend to piss off more people than anybody. So good for them. Yep, yep, yep. All right, Beach, are you ready to go under further review for? I, I still wonder how much that lawyer costs, you know, because again, they got the money to get a lawyer, or how much is he going to take from the university to pay for his fees? He's he's just probably all contingent. Mm-hmm. So. And again, all, all of that, well, I don't know, just, just BS. Anyway, under further review, Billy, let's go. Are you ready to go under further review for week number five in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown! I am. Week five? Yes. Wow. Yeah, this, this, is, this week we're, is halfway through the season. I was going to say, we're halfway through our tailgaters now, aren't we? Yeah. We only have three tailgaters left? Yeah. Sausage fest, cheesesteaks, and uh, yet to be determined. Is I, that true? I know what we're doing for UCLA. Oh. I've already figured it out. Are we going to act homeless? <laughs> no. Too kind drunk? of. That's, kind of. That's what they do near UCLA. Kind of. It's the official, it's one of the official foods of LA. Uh, government cheese? No. In and out? The fact, that, the, and out the fact that there's no government with dealing with this is where it gets its name. No government dealing with this. Mm-hmm. No government. I don't know. Well, we'll deal with that next week. Okay. All right, Beach. So first up, we did, this was a game we didn't pick, but it was on Friday. So we're going to talk about it first. We had Utah at Oregon state. Well, we don't pick, but we do pick. And we all believed Oregon state could beat those Jack Mormons all the hell. Well, Beach, out of a tightly bunched formation, Beavers quarterback DJ 
Uyangalele faked a quarterback sneak and pitched to Silas Bolden, who ran 45 yards for the score that all but sealed the Beavers' 21-7 victory over number 10 Utah on Friday night. Now, in addition to his touchdown run, Bolden caught a 27-yard touchdown pass. Damian Martinez added an early touchdown dash, and the Beavs rebounded from last week's close loss to number 16 Washington State. Now, Utah was still without quarterback Cam Rising, who warmed up with the team but was in street clothes at kickoff. Nate Johnson, making his third straight start, completed just three of 12 passes for 35 yards before he was replaced with Bryson Barnes in the third quarter. Last weekend, after Utah's 14-7 victory over UCLA, Johnson apologized on social media for the lackluster performance. But Johnson returned in the fourth quarter after Barnes was hurt and threw a 41-yard touchdown pass to Thomas Yasmin with just over five minutes left to avoid the shutout. Now, DJU threw for 204 yards and a touchdown for the Beavs. After Utah turned the ball over on downs on its first series of the game, the Beavs scored on Martinez's four-yard run. Martinez was leading the Pac-12 with an average of 108 yards rushing, but was held by Utah to just 65 yards. Now, going into the game, Utah's rushing defense was third-ranked in the nation, allowing an average of just 51 yards a game. So, DJ himself going for 65 was more than they'd been allowing a game. Wow. Yeah, and the Beavs' defense held Utah to under 200 yards. Yeah, it would have been curious to see if they had a different quarterback in there, but uh, their well, first string in there. But but I, I do think Oregon State's defense looked fantastic. I, yeah, and it would be different. It would be interesting to see how the Beavs look defensively if they had Micaiah Tongue playing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, it, injuries is part of the sport. Yeah, is, is Tongue out, of, is out for the season? He's out for the season. Sheesh. So, yeah. But anyways, so what'd you think of the game, Beach? Uh, you know, I totally enjoyed it. I thought I thought uh, I was a little nervous at the beginning because it felt like we were just uh, trading balls back and forth, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it seemed like we found our groove a little bit. Uh, Utah didn't find theirs, at least not until that very final uh, drive that they had. Yeah. And defense was looking fantastic. I mean, getting stops and um, yeah, I, I I was it was a fun game. Yeah. No, it was great. It was great. Um, no, I was really impressed with the defense. Um, pretty much just shut Utah down for that whole game. They had the so, pick. They had the pick on the uh, one time where they were threatening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so much better performance than last week. Mm-hmm. I agree. So I agree. I feel their, ta- I feel their tackling improved too because I, I felt like they, their tackling was really crappy against uh, Washington State. I agree. Much more yeah, aggressive I, this week. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like I, I, I always and I feel like every team, every team seems to, at least for Oregon State, has to learn it every year that your 250 pound frame is not going to knock the guy down unless you grab him. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm gonna you need to wrap him up. Yeah. Him. Yeah. I'm going to throw my body at him and he'll just fall down like a like a bowling pin. And that doesn't work. No, never has. No. So. Anyway, but great game, another W. You yeah. know, uh, I know people were rooting for a shutout. I really don't care about a shutout or not. I just want to see a W. Shutout's just nice to look at on the scoreboard. Yeah, but you know. at the end of the year, do do you do you really care about your? Uh, uh, you know, it's it, those shutouts don't matter as long as you got the GPA. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the win the win is what is what matters. It's all that matters. Yeah. So, so, because when you're when you're going for the best bowl game ever, they they don't unless you're going to go for the rankings of all that BS. I don't really care about that. I just want wins. Mm-hmm. So no, I, like I said, I think they're looking pretty good. But let 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 the let the blingy people put the color changing shoes deal with that shit. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all right. So nobody gets a point, but solid win. Yes, solid win. All right, Beach. Uh, the rest of the games were on Saturday, September 30th. And heading into this week, you had 25 out of 37. Kyle was at 29 out of 37. And I was at 30 out of 37. So first up, we had USC at Colorado. Um, looks like... I didn't write these in the right order. I'm hoping I did this. We all picked USC on this one. I was, you know, I didn't watch this game, but it sounds like Colorado played a damn good game. 
eventually. Or neither of their defenses showed up. Yeah. USC quarterback Caleb Williams threw for 403 yards and tied a career high with six touchdown passes as the eighth-ranked Trojans held off the Buffaloes 48-41 on Saturday after racing out to a big lead. Now up 34-7 in the second quarter, the Trojans saw Colorado storm back to make it a one-score game with a minute 43 remaining on Shador Sanders' 16-yard TD strike to Jimmy Horn Jr. The Trojans recovered the onside kick attempt, and Williams kneeled three times to close out the win. Now the Trojans proved a 17-0 all time against the Buffaloes, who were knocked off for a stricken state week after a 3-0 start that made Deion Sanders' team the biggest story in college football. Now, Shadur Sanders finished with 371 yards passing and four TDs, along with a 25-yard scamper for a score just before halftime. The Buffaloes fell behind by 27 after a costly interception and a punt blocked, both deep in their own territory late in the second quarter before rallying. So, Beach, yes, I I am... I think both defenses are suspect. Mm-hmm. Colorado's defense we've known has been suspect, but I've been suspect of USC's defense for the last couple of weeks. Well, if, if Colorado pretty much handed two scores to him anyway. Yeah. Between a block pun and you said an interception. Mm-hmm. Wow. Then, and this then... is like last week with Arizona State. Arizona State made that game really close with USC. Mm-hmm. So I think they're vulnerable. Mm. Very but vulnerable. We don't, play, we don't play USC this year, do we? No, the Beavs do not. Do the Ducks? Yes. Mm. So does Washington. Okay. So does Utah. Mm. So, and Utah's got okay. a Utah's got but a bye week coming up, so you might see Rising back after this. Well, it'd be interesting. All those three games will be interesting because USC thinks they're gods, you know. Yep. So. All right, so you all get the point there. Yeah. Next up, Arizona State at Cal. I picked Cal on this one. You guys both picked uh, Arizona State. Jaden Ott rushed for 165 yards and a touchdown. Cal's defense made a pivotal interception, then forced a turnover on downs to stop Arizona State's final drive, and the Golden Bears beat the Sun Devils 24-21 on Saturday. Sam Jackson V passed for 130 yards and a touchdown as the Golden Bears bounced back from last week's lopsided loss to number 8 Washington to beat the Sun Devils for the second time in the last five meetings between the conference rivals. Cal's defense came up big despite allowing 430 yards. The Bears held the Sun Devils to 3 of 15 on third down. Awesome. So you picked up the win there, but yeah. What, so I picked up a win, and, and what, what did you and Kyle do? We did not get the win there. You didn't get a win there. Wow. That's a damn shame, Billy. That's a damn shame. Last up, be, or no, next up, we have Oregon at Stanford. Um, and we all picked, we, we, we believed, I, I never want to say we picked the Ducks. We believed the Ducks should beat Stanford. Bo Nix threw touchdown passes on the first four drives of the second half, and number nine Oregon shook off a shaky start by scoring TDs on six of seven possessions to beat Stanford 42-6 on Saturday. Now, Oregon took nearly 20 minutes to gain its initial first down of the game as the Ducks started off slowly after last week's emotional win over Colorado and with a showdown against number seven Washington coming in the next game. But Oregon then took over the game from there against overmatched Stanford and avoided a repeat of a slip-up here similar to the one two years ago. Now, Knicks completed 27 of 32 passes for 290 for 290 yards, putting the game out of reach in the third quarter. He hit Terrence Ferguson on a 10-yarder on fourth down on the first drive, Troy Franklin on a 46-yarder on the next drive, and then threw a 5-yarder to Franklin to make it 35-6. He added a 9-yard touchdown pass to Trayshawn Holden in the fourth quarter. So yeah, Stanford went out to a six nothing lead on two field goals. Yeah, I w- I was listening to it on the radio, and when I first heard they're like six to nothing, I'm like St- Stanford, I'm like going, holy crap! Yeah, are they are they gonna pull this thing off? And and then literally I hear the Duck commentators celebrate when they get their first first down. Yeah, you know what? what I, and I'm, I'm listening to the the radio broadcast, which I mean, there's they're they're real homers on that channel. I would expect it. It's their it's their their. Yeah, but, but but even I mean, I always feel like they're always like 
the other team never does good. It's only the Ducks screwed up to give them the win. That that yeah. that's what drives me nuts. Yeah. They can't just acknowledge that maybe the other team is doing playing better than they are. But um, the um, uh, what? Oh, you know the one thing that drove me nuts though too is there's a whole offense that's playing on that on that team, yet they act as if Bo Nix is the only guy that matters. It's a uh, he's, he's it, their Heisman he, Trophy candidate. Yeah, I mean they they're really building up a name brand for him, aren't they? They're paying people to hold up his signs at every game day. Crazy. So So we all got the win there. Did, did they buy a big uh, billboard in New York too like they've done in the past? Oh, they did New York and and Texas, I believe. Does that bring any revenue to the university or just notoriety? I'm sure it's just notoriety. Stupid. All right. Last up, Beach, we had Washington at Arizona. Washington at Arizona, and we all picked the Huskies on this one. Correct. And how'd that turn out, Billy? Well, Beach, Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr. threw for 363 yards, Dylan Johnson ran for two TDs, and number seven Washington picked apart Arizona in a 31-24 victory Saturday night. Now, Penix completed 30 of 40 passes in Washington's 12th straight win over two seasons. Now, coming off a one-point win at Stanford, the Wildcats had few answers for Washington's offense and didn't do enough when they had the ball to pull off the upset. Arizona quarterback Noah Fafita threw for 232 yards and three TDs with an interception in his first career start. He hit Tataroa McMillan on a 10-yard touchdown pass to pull Arizona to 31-24 with 1-11 left. But Washington recovered the onside kick and converted a fourth down near, near midfield. That game was a lot closer than I thought it would be. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to watch that one. but It was a lot closer than I thought it would be. Hmm, Arizona thought... was hanging in there with, with Washington. Hmm, good for them. Yeah. So, so you I don't know if that makes good. me – I don't know if that makes me – think a little less of Washington or actually really makes me think more of Arizona. Hmm. It'll be interesting. So uh, how did the rankings turn out then? For the well, week? Beach, uh, after this week, you are at 29 out of 41. Kyle's at 32 out of 41. And I am at 33 out of 41. So I got, you know, of, of the one game I differed you on, I actually, I actually picked the winner. Yeah. Yeah. Sun shines on a dog's ass every once in a while. Yep. Let's hope it happens again for me this week. All right. So, Beej, you talked about the Pac-12 in the polls. They came out on Sunday. And in the AP poll, Washington is up to number seven, Oregon eight, USC nine. Wazoo moved up to 13. Oregon State moved up to 15. Utah fell to 18. And UCLA and Colorado are in the others receiving votes category. Now, in the coaches poll, USC is again at seven. This time, Washington at eight, Oregon at nine. Wazoo at 14, Oregon State 16, Utah 19, and UCLA is also receiving votes. So they actually have... uh... They have USC, Oregon, and Washington kind of uh, jumbled up between the two polls. Yeah. So hmm. seven, eight, nine. They have Washington, Oregon, USC, and the other one has USC, Washington, Oregon. Hmm. Yep. So and Oregon plays Washington this week. Uh, I think next week. Next week. Okay. I think I think they have a I think they have a bye this week. Okay. All right, beads. Well, it's now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What do you think I look like? A jackass. <laughs> Sure do. <laughs> Jackass of the Week Award. Every week, we like to discuss a person in college football exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, Beach, mm-hmm. it is going to college game day analyst Pat McAfee. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about this? No, I have not. I don't even. I don't even know if I know who Pat McAfee is. Uh, he was a punter in the NFL. And now he has a podcast where he's kind of a jackass. Okay. And they've yeah. added him to the game day. They've got him to the game day crew as an analyst. Yeah, he does look a little, the, has a little bit of a look of a jackassery to me. Yes. Well, with college football in full swing and the after effects of conference realignment still being discussed, ESPN, Pat, 
ESPN analyst Pat McAfee has not been shy about letting people know what they that they don't care about the Pac-2. Dating back to before last week's top 25 matchup between Oregon State and Washington State, ESPN hosts Lee Corso and McAfee mocked the game with Corso going as far as to call it the, quote, no one wants us bowl. Now a comment, I didn't give a jackass award last week to Corso because he's so damn old. Yeah, he's a little bit of a, he's special. Well, he's he's kind of there on the show, I believe, as kind of a goodwill gesture. Yeah. But he's yeah. he's doesn't got his fastball anymore. He doesn't even have a slow ball. No, he should he should have retired several years ago after yeah. after one of the strokes. I agree. Anyways, or Corso called it the no one wants us bull, right? Mm-hmm. So after that comment, former Washington State quarterback Ryan Leaf was furious and he went on Good Morning Football on Thursday to not only voice his frustration about the comments, but also express that game day missed an opportunity by not going to the game to give the two top 25 teams a platform after what has been a rough year for them in conference realignment. Now, while many thought this would be the end of the saga as college football moved on to week five, McAfee made sure to get in a jab at Leaf and the two programs on college game day on Saturday. So he couldn't let it alone. He had to, he had to, he had to, to, to just keep picking at it. Yep. Now, when one of McAfee's fellow hosts was talking about Washington State's flag being at game day for the 292nd consecutive time, McAfee, McAfee exclaimed, who cares? And went on to mock the attendance of the flag at every game day. He also made sure to get in a shot at Leaf. Wow. Handle success, Ryan Leaf. Jeez. Now Big B's up there. Like, shut up, Washington State. About sick of you. Wasted time on this show. So he was talking about because the Beavs flag and the Washington State flag has been flying right beside each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he just went off on it. He's just—he's a jackass. You know, it's that uh, Washington State flag that gave notoriety to the whole hanging of flags and that kind of stuff in the background of game day. Yeah, I mean, I—it was always there. Well, and what I think it's the greatest about that and about the Beavs flags, unlike the Bo Nix signs. These are fans, and they get together, and who's going to be at the next one? I'll be there. Okay, we'll send the flag to you. And I think it's great. And it's always a Washington State fan flying the, the Coug flag, and it's been a Beaver flan flying the Beaver flag. You know, who, who did he who did he play college football for? I think he went to West Virginia. Uh, he probably doesn't even give a shit about the Pac-12 in general. No. Nah. He's just a jackass. So, Pat McAfee, for being such a jackass, you get this week's. <laughs> jackass of the week. What? Yeah. All right, Beach, let's move on along here to week number six in the Pac-12. Okay. And, Beach, it is bye week for a lot of teams. Last week we had a number of bye weeks because mm-hmm. we only had – uh, there was five games, so we had two teams on bye weeks. This week, there's only four games, so we've got four more teams on bye week. Wow. Yeah. All right, Beach, so first up, we've got Washington State at UCLA. This is, this is a big one. You know what? I don't give a crap. I'm taking Wazoo. Kyle says, three? We only have three picks? Wazoo, UCLA. Going with the Pac-12 team. Wazoo. (laughs) I, too, am taking Wazoo. I just, I, I think, I don't trust UCLA's freshman quarterback. I don't trust bitch tits. Yeah. So next up, Beach, Colorado at Arizona State. Ooh. You know what? Hmm. I'm gonna take Colorado. Hmm. I I think I think uh I I think uh, this is prime time's win. Kyle says, oh, Neon Dion has one more win in him for the season. Buffs. I, too, am taking Colorado. Really? Yeah, I think Arizona State's still hurting at quarterback. 
And, mm-hmm. and, and Sanders at Colorado is an excellent athlete and a very, very good quarterback. So I think that'll give him the edge. I still don't think there's a lot of defense in that game. No, no. But it'll, uh, either way, it'll be a good game to watch. Yeah. Next up, Arizona at USC. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to take Arizona. Really? Yep. Kyle says, only because USC is at home, USC. Uh, I like the way Arizona's been playing. If I knew they had Jaden Delora at quarterback, I'd be more in tune to go with Arizona. Ugh, I'm torn on this one. I'm going to take Arizona. I think, I think Delora will be back. And my thing with, with Caleb Williams quarterback at USC, I, he is an incredible quarterback when he's kind of freelancing, when everything's going to hell and he's kind of having to make it up as he goes along. Mm-hmm. He's not great when he just has to stand in the pocket. And I, 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 I think Arizona is going to get him. So, All right. so. I'd love to see USC just tumble. Yeah, me too. All right, Beach. Last game of the week. So we're done picking there. I'll put those to the side. Mm-hmm. Last game of the week, we have Oregon State at Cal. What are you thinking? Seven o'clock kickoff. Ooh, it's a night game? Night game. I have to say, side note, I really like the lighting effects at Reser at those night games. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's freaking pretty bitching. Especially, we were delivering, we had a big order to deliver on Friday night. And coming Mm -hmm. up to the stadium and seeing everything flashing orange like that, and the lights going off, it looked Mm -hmm. pretty freaking cool. It, it, it's it's cool from the inside of the stadium. Yeah. So I kind of imagine what it looks like on the outside. It looks really cool. So so what do you think on Oregon State Cal Beach? Oh, I think Oregon. I think uh, I think it'll be a good game. Uh, I think it'll be tight in the first half. I think Oregon State will pull away in the second half. I agree. I agree. So. I, Oregon State just needs to run the damn ball. Mm-hmm. They need to run the damn ball. Hey, question, because it made a bunch of memes. What the heck was Jonathan Smith doing grabbing his his man boobs going on there? Was he saying milk the clock? He was telling them to milk the clock. (laughs) Now, he was informed of it right after the game that they had caught that on on the uh, TV Uh broadcast. So he knew it was going to be brought up. And he goes, yeah, that wasn't the correct call for what we wanted. I now know the correct call. So I'll make sure to do that. The correct like sign. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of funny when you watch it. Oh god. That's awesome. I'm sure everybody's yeah. seen the memes now with John Smith milking himself. From, yeah, you're not safe from social media anymore. Yep. It's gonna bring a whole new uh thing about when I wear my Chip Kelly has bitched hit shirt next week. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I know. I think I think Oregon State should beat them. Quite frankly, I think the the odds opened up uh, Oregon State by eight. Okay. So, um, I think just on a side note, the Beavs will probably be favored in their next five games. Hope so. As things stand right now, that doesn't win you anything. I hope we win the next five games. Yeah, but I think they should be favored in the next five games. Okay. So, I mean, Cal has not had much offense. Their defense has been okay. And Oregon state should, should beat them. Of course they lost to him two years ago and I didn't think they should have. And they lost by multiple scores. So. Well, we just got to make sure our defense sticks together and our offense can penetrate. Yep. All right, beach. Moving right along, we're now on to a, a, a segment we haven't done in a while. It's now time for the Tanner Boyle Makes Me Want to Puke Game of the Week. Spaz make me want to puke. Now, for those of you that don't know, 
this uh, is a reference to Tanner Boyle, who was the little foul-mouthed kid in the original Bad News Bears. One of, one of my favorites. I yeah. love Tanner Boyle. Yeah, he's foul-mouthed, and he's just horrible, especially if you watch the, the 70s version of it. It's yeah, great. They like, couldn't could make that, that game today. No, but he's my hero, I, I swear. He's, I, he's great. I, I would love to see that thing get re-released in the theaters because it would be awesome. I'd just love to see the people cringe. Yeah. I, I got you a Tanner Boyle jersey. I do, I do. I You know, I should wear that one day. Yeah. So. I figured you'd hang it up in your, uh, in your game room. That'd be a good one. So. Well, Beach, I have sent you a YouTube video. Yes, it says, I haven't watched it. It says, Brew McCoy, Brutal Injury, South Carolina versus Tennessee. Okay, so don't click it yet. So Tennessee wide receiver Brew McCoy underwent season-ending surgery Sunday morning after suffering a fractured right ankle during Saturday's 41-20 win over South Carolina. So Beach, hit play. Okay, got to open it up first into a new window here for YouTube. The reason why we do this is because we want to get Beach's Reaction to watching the video. Now, make sure as he catches the ball, watch his right leg. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, go, God. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh. Keep watching. Holy crap. Yeah. So McCoy's lower right leg bent awkwardly when he was tackled by South Carolina's Marcellus Dial. Backwards from him. Filing his, following a 17-yard reception. Trainers attended... 90 degrees backwards. I know. Tra- uh, trainers attended to McCoy on the field before he was caught it off. He was then taken to UT Medical Center for evaluation. He was eventually diagnosed with a fractured dislocation of the ankle. Yeah. Oh. Leg, feet aren't supposed to point that way. Oh, it said his... his, his uh... His parents were in town, got to watch that. Yeah. Hold on. I'm backing up here. He's just in pain. Oh, yeah. Well, he's in shock at that point because I'm sure there's so much pain. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty horrible. There was several pretty gnarly uh, lower leg injuries on Saturday. Yeah. That he one... is facing down. Yeah. His So his, and, his, his, his he's, he's laying on his back. His legs or his foot should be pointed straight up and it's 90 degrees to the side. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That was, oh, 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 okay. Yeah. We only do that one when I find some, a video that I just want to make beach almost puke in his mouth. Oh, so, <laughs> oh God. yeah, it's pretty gross. So I, I wouldn't watch it if, if I were you, anyone else out there, it's pretty gross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was there was a couple actually. The Duke uh, quarterback um, really uh, tore up his ankle too. That that's not a good one to watch. But yeah, it was pretty bad. Oh, I feel sorry for anybody. You know, it, we we were just saying it's part of the game is injuries, but you hate to see somebody who has so much potential going forward. Yeah. Uh, and so you not not only just a season-ending injury, but a, a career-ending injury. Yeah. You know. So, because once you do that to your ankle, I don't know if it ever comes back. So, uh, Beach, how was the uh, tailgater? I was there for a majority of it, but I was kind of in and out. <laughs> how was the tailgater, Billy? Um, uh, Beach, uh, um, tailgater was good. Um, I thought Matt did a fantastic job on the grill. Oh yeah. Um, I I not I don't you know I think we need another plexi so people could read the sign on how to make a dirty Dr Pepper because a lot of people weren't following the rules. Yeah. And. Uh, they were confused. There's this group yeah. of special people apparently that go to our things that can't read. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, uh, I had that thing sitting right there. I was surprised that people weren't reading it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, I thought, I thought my, 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 uh, you know, cause it was pretty simple. It was just this, Oh, the sliders were good too. Yeah. They, well, they I were, got, I got good burgers. Yeah. And the buns were good. Yeah. 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 No, I got good burgers so, and good buns. I didn't get cheap stuff. No, no, I thought uh, I thought that worked went really well. The uh, uh, I deep fried and and other than that, if you had the correct version of the dirty Dr Pepper, they were quite good. And I think people liked my fry sauce. Yeah. So some people were even putting it on the burgers. Yeah, no, it was good. Good, good, good. So. And so, we'll have our next tailgater next week. Yeah, our week after. Well, no, next week, not this week, next week. 
Okay, okay, I guess that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the 14th. And that is, uh, who do we play on the 14th? UCLA, bitch tits. Oh, that's right. So what are we doing, you said? I've got a plan. We'll talk about it next week. Leave me hanging? Yeah. Now you suck. I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 205 of the League of Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there's a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. At HeinrichTailgator on X. HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember, listen, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Leave a rating and review. Beach. Um, I'm looking forward to this game this Friday, this Saturday. We should have some good, uh, good games to watch during the day, and then we should have a good Beaver win in the evening. I'm thinking if I'm free, I could drive over to Spirit Mountain, maybe put some money on the beach. Oh, there you go. Yeah, might be kind of fun. Yeah. So, I, I think uh, if the spread for me is date, I think they can beat that. Yeah. So, anyway, we'll see how it uh, see, see see how my Saturday turns. Well, good. Well, until next week, here's a great big go bees. coming in you're coming in clear Good. and we are recording hey what um you were gonna send me a video yeah are you okay. are you on your computer right now i decided because you said you're sending me the video i put everything on my computer for my my script and i'm looking at my inbox waiting for an email from you well i'm just gonna send it to you via facebook um and you'll watch it later, but we're going to change things up a little bit. Well, how am I going to know when I'm going to hear the thing? Well, no, you'll, you'll, I'll tell you when to, to watch it. Never do, but well, yeah, but I'm saying <laughs> when the teletype goes off. What do you mean? How am I going to know? Are you changing where the teletype comes in? No, we're going to, you're not doing oh. your song today. I'm not doing my song. No, you're going to wait a week. Oh, does Kyle have a song? No. We have a special request. We have a special request? Correct. Sorry, I don't log in on Facebook on my computer and it wasn't logged in. Are you logged in now? I'm working on it here. Hold on. I have to remember a password. That's a pain in the ass anymore. Um, Messenger. Bill, so do I, am I, can I, I can't open this yet? No, don't open it yet. But our music is by special request. Music is by special request. Well, that would have been helpful to know like an hour ago. Well, uh, you can just save it for next week. Okay. All right. Not like we're not going to use it. But it works so hard. All right. right. You ready? Good as I'm ever going to be. Let's do this shiz. Dating back to before last week's top 25 matchup. Okay. A comment that former Washington State. So McAfee, McAfee said that. Good, Beach. All right. Can we keep it under an hour? Uh, I think so. Let me see. I like beer.